You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 224 for July 18th, 2017. Which, uh, according to Warrior Dash, is actually, I think they called it National Obstacle Race Day. But Today? Today. So, it just seems kind of strange when they name it themselves. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's great promotion. <laughs> yeah. So, what do we got today? Uh, let's catch up. What's going on with us? Talk a little bit. Uh, some recent races. A uh, little news. A little topic, a uh, little mini race recap. That's what I'm calling it today. I don't know what we called it the last time around. I think you might have called it a mini race recap. Okay. Then yeah. that seems to be sticking in my mind at least. So that's the plan. Let's jump straight away into it. Um, what's going on with you? I guess uh, let me throw the umbrella here that we are a few days away from running Ragnar Lake Tahoe. Yes. I guess Ragnar Ragnar Tahoe. Tahoe. Yeah. You just like totally changed the name. <laughs> it's in the Lake Tahoe area. Yes. <laughs> so we're just a couple of days away from that. So that's uh, the next thing on our horizon. So I'm sure we'll mention that a little bit. But um, yeah, what's going on? Oh, yeah, and we'll probably be uh, posting pictures too, just so you guys. Yeah, Hopefully, you want it. Yeah, we usually start off really well. <laughs> yeah, and then it and then off. we're like, now oh, we're tired. I don't want to post anything. And then like a day or two after, then we start, we post some stuff. Again, we go so. back in time. Yeah. So if anybody wants to follow along there, so going on with me, um, been running, which is good because we have the Berlin Marathon coming up. I don't know what, like nine weeks away, um, something like that. I have an app for that. Okay, so so it is. What does your app say? Sixty-seven days away. Okay, that's like not helpful at all. So yeah, so okay. just so just under ten weeks away. Then. Okay, yeah. Um, I did finally make a training plan for the Berlin Marathon. So I haven't. I think I'm on like week. Yeah, I'm on week three of it. Haven't been following it to a T just because things have been happening on the weekends that have kind of. Um, gotten in the way of my long runs, mm-hmm. but planning to start doing some long runs, I guess not this weekend because of Ragnar Tahoe, but hopefully soon after that. So, but you know, been doing, doing some running here and there, been, uh, trail running almost every weekend, if not every, no, almost every weekend, uh, mostly getting prepared for Ragnar Tahoe, but also I just kind of want to keep trail running and hoping to do some more trail races later this year. So I've been doing that. Um, what else? I guess that's really it in terms of what I've been doing. Um, I'd mentioned my training plan. I also just added on however many weeks there were between Berlin and CIM Marathon. So okay. it's basically just one one training plan because there's not that many weeks between CIM. I mean, Berlin and CIM. So it's just like one big training plan. As of right now, CIM is 19 weeks away. There you go. Yeah. My app came through for me. So I guess it's like they're like around nine weeks apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not. Really long no. between marathons. You just kind of go from one and flow right into yeah. the other one. Hopefully we do just flow right into the other one. We'll see how, how that goes. True. So, yeah, that's all I got going on. How about you? Um, Me, not a lot going on. Um, Mentally, feeling a bit better about running. Not necessarily doing a ton of running. Um, Still struggling with my, my back right now is kind of my biggest problem and annoyance. It's just not... Um, my back don't like me at all right now. It's kind of a problem, um, but we'll see. So out on the trails a little bit, trying to get ready for Ragnar Tahoe. Going into Ragnar Tahoe as ill prepared as possible. Uh, totally. You so you're trying to go into it. No, I'm, oh. I'm just going into <laughs> I thought it. You said you're trying to. I'm like, okay. That was it. That wasn't the goal. Um, so I guess if it wasn't for the fact that I've run this race before, I would be actually pretty nervous about it. But because I've run the race before and i know the course and you know worst case scenario it's just going to be more walking than i want to be doing or just more suffering than i want to be doing so it's just 
is what it is, but looking forward to the weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. So, um, despite the suffering, despite the suffering. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get back on track. I mean, Berlin's not that far off, which is not good. I've not created a training plan. Haven't gotten that focused. I think I resolved myself to the fact that I had to get through Ragnar Tahoe and then I can, then it was time to, to get serious and, um, get ready for Berlin in September and then CIM in December and kind of get ready for the rest of the year. And, um, I guess after this weekend, I'll just be back to the roads and probably, probably not trail running <laughs> much, uh, for the rest of the year, I guess. So, um, yeah, been hot, been, uh, oh, yeah, been a yeah, struggle with that. Has been. Um, we actually, we, like we, triple digit hot. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous, really tough. Um, I think I've realized I really don't like summer running. Although, as I've said before, during the summer, I hate summer running. And then during the winter, I hate winter running. So I always like the thing that I'm not doing. Yeah, in about five months, we're going to be like, can't wait for it to be summer running because longer days and, you know, all that. That's right. The longer days is nice. Though. It is but, nice. Um, yeah, um, we, we went trail running together just a couple of days ago this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of funny because there was actually a race out there on the oh, trails yeah, yeah, we were yeah. doing. Yep. So we actually did, we did apparently get some race pictures taken. <laughs> yeah, we should look them up. <laughs> we have to Maybe go look they're, it up. And they're like the non-bib, uh, you know. Which I cracked up because we were running together and we came by the the photographer and I think he yelled at you that you were in second place. Yeah. He's like, second female, way to go. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I didn't say that right, in right. my head. I was like, awesome. But so, then I'm like, I have no bib on. Yeah. We, neither one of us had bibs. Yeah. Um, we were not like, like we racing. were running part of the course. I mean, not on purpose. That's just what we run. But then like half of our miles were not on the race course at all. So yeah, yeah obviously the, the trails are just open to everybody. Yeah. The race yeah. is just there. So. That was pretty funny. I'm like, that's the only time I'll ever hear that. So I will take it. Um, yeah. So I guess that's what's going on with me. Um, ordered a new Solomon running hat. I don't know. Does that count as news? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. That, so that's it for me. Um, the, the the other thing I was just going to mention for us is we did sign up for a couple races. So number one, we signed up for the Parkway 20 miler, which is a NorCal race in Sacramento, California. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the official training race for California International Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a chance to, four weeks before CIM, go out to Sacramento, do a 20-mile race. So you get the support. Yep. Um, it's going to be the same nutrition that's going to be there on race day. They're going to have the same pacers and pace groups that are going to be there on race day. Yep. It's a completely different course. Yes. Which would be my preference yes. anyways, because I really don't want to go to 20 miles on the course. And then, and then do 26, like, yeah. four weeks later. Yeah. Because, you know. Good point. You might never go back. Right. <laughs> like, eh, I did enough. Like, I already did 20 miles. I don't need to come back. So, I have I think last year was the first year that they did this race, and I thought it was a great idea then. I still think it's a great idea now. I think, actually, more marathons should kind of maybe team up with local races or create local races to kind of do the 20-miler the thing. Um, this one's four weeks out. I'd prefer it three, but this works for me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So um, close enough. Close enough. We can Look. just do another 20, 20 mile the week after. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy lady. Um, and then the other race we signed up kind of also here in NorCal, kind of local stuff. Um, we signed up for the superhero 5k, um, which is at, which is in Vallejo, California at discovery kingdom. No. Yeah. What's yeah. it called? Six, Six flags, flags discovery kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. For those longtime NorCal people, I just refer to it as Marine world. Yeah. So that's what it was yep. years ago. Um, yeah, we signed up for this 5K. Kind of think of it as um, a mini version of a Disney race in a way. So mm-hmm. it's at the amusement park there, and it's mm-hmm. a 5K, and I guess we're going to run through the park. Yep. Um, it's pretty ex- – it's it's not Disney expensive. It's kind of expensive for a 5K, yes. but you get free parking, you mm-hmm. get free breakfast, 
And the one thing that Disney doesn't give you, you get free park admission. Yep. And you actually get to get in the park an hour before the public. Yep. So kind of all those things that I wish Disney would do in a way, but Disney doesn't they have don't. to do them at you all. You also get a cape because this year's theme oh, right. is like is Wonder Woman. Okay. So you get a Wonder Woman cape too. So we're I'm in... sure that's not your highlight, but <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there too. It's still fun. I mean, I, I was pretty easy to, uh, it was a, a friend of yours who just did it last year and said it was cool and... I was like, eh, I'm, you know, I'm game. I would probably never go out to Discovery Kingdom. Like, just because. Just because. Yeah. And um, the fact that, you know, we're basically probably paying the same thing as admission to the park, but we get admission and parking and a mm-hmm. race um, and some breakfast, which I hear is actually, because the first good. thing I said when they said free breakfast, so I was like, what, is that bagels and a banana? But supposedly it's more than that. So we shall see. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about, uh, just mentioned some races from this past weekend. Hard Rock 100, which we'll get into. Ragnar Northwest Passage. Vermont 100. Badwater 135. Uh, here in NorCal was Napa to Sonoma Half Marathon, which they must have had some warm weather for that one. I'm sure it was they did. a struggle. Yeah. Um, let's get into kind of the biggest race. Hard Rock 100 from the weekend. Um, where should I, I guess I should make the joke where Killian does it with his arm tied behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> You want to describe this or? Yeah. I mean, it's a hundred mile race, uh, mountain Colorado. Um, this very hard race. Yeah. Yeah. Even beyond just the fact it's a hundred mile. Right. Um, and Killian, I think, believe this was his fourth year running it. And I believe his fourth win last year, he did tie for first, but, um, fourth win. And he did most of it with his hand, not tied behind his back, but essentially tied to his torso. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I think I think different reports say different mileage exactly, but somewhere around mile 14, um, he was kind of looking around and not really paying attention to his footing because he thought like he was okay in terms of his footing and there was like snow patches there and I guess he hit a snow patch and tumbled and I think he like tumbled, literally tumbled a couple times and ended up dislocating his left shoulder, which he's done in the past, I believe, like climbing and um, skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he actually popped it back in himself. Of course he did. Yeah. And then continued on, obviously, you know, uncomfortable and sore, but not anything that would make him stop at that point. And I guess it bothered him enough at mile 40 something that he did get it taped up and um, essentially put it like in, in a makeshift sling to, you know, hold it to his body like you would when you have a dislocated shoulder and then get it put back into place Mm -hmm. and continued on running with essentially one useful arm for the remainder of the race and won it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course he did. Yeah. Why not? Now he wasn't um, in the lead like right from the get go, you know, as, as may, he may be what he's done in some races in, you know, the past years where he just like takes off and nobody sees him again. Yeah. So he was actually um, trading, places with uh mike foot i think right for a mm-hmm. while yeah and he actually didn't really take the lead for a good period of time until mile 89 yeah is when he essentially took off and ended up winning by about 22 minutes which is fairly close for a 100 mile race yeah i mean it's funny because i kind of looked at this whole story backwards it was I, I saw the time i saw that he won and saw the arm thing but then i saw that he won by was out around 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. and i thought oh that's that was pretty close you know 100 mile race 24 hours it's pretty close um and then i was surprised to learn that he actually traded the lead off quite a bit with mike foot um until basically with 11 miles to go that's when he took the lead for good which i don't know if it was a situation where he just dropped the hammer you know with 11 to go 
maybe that was coming out of an aid station or something, or, you know, Mike Foot just slowed down a little bit. No idea, but um, still relatively close, and it was kind of interesting, you know, that they traded off the lead, and then you add in the drama that he had his messed up shoulder. Um, makes for a crazy situation. Makes mm-hmm. for some interesting photos, if you've seen some photos with his arm wrapped yeah, from the race. It's crazy. You, know, you don't expect that to be the guy. You know, if you looked out into a crowd, you had to pick the winner of the race. I don't think you picked the guy that has the arm exactly. bandaged up. So. Yeah, and he did have a couple of other, like, you know, scrapes and bruises and things because he did actually tumble. So I know, like, on his hip and on his legs and stuff, he was, you know, a little bit bruised up, but nothing nothing major. I think the, the worst injury was definitely his shoulder. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And he did say, I think afterwards, uh, he was kind of sore in some different spots just because... Oh, he had have, to compensate. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of compensating for having your arm tucked in. So it was a little yeah. bit more, you know, his core was probably more tired than normal. And maybe his shoulders because you're kind of trying to, to keep that that arm stiff and tight and not, you know, bang it so much mm-hmm. as you're running. So um, kind of interesting. Yeah. Yep. And then on the, the women's side, uh, Caroline Chavarro, uh won the, the women's race by, what is that, almost an hour? Uh, yes. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at that. Um, and that's despite taking a, a wrong turn and... Um, essentially being off course for about 90 minutes. So, it's yeah. a long time. She, had, she was actually leading the entire race for okay. a while early oh, yeah. on um, and then and was actually at one point ahead of the men's rec- course record um, pace. And then, um, you know, that passed her by, but then she was still ahead of the women's course record pace for a long time and uh, slowed down a little bit on, a, I think, a climb before she got off course and then ended up getting off course. So she didn't, you know, make it in under course record time, but did finish with the the third fastest um, female time on the course. So, yeah. Yeah. So fun day at Hard Rock. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It was a couple years ago we were talking about it and there was like lightning that hit somebody and like totally just uh, burnt out their their headlamp. So yeah, same race. Yep. It's fun up there. And and they're both Solomon athletes. So Solomon takes the, uh, the women's and the men's. Yep title there so yeah all right let's move on um let's talk a little bit about marathon maniacs just one thing really quickly uh for those that are maniacs because um apparently we realized this a couple weeks ago um i don't even remember how did you come up on it i have like how did you find it i can't remember so you know we're both marathon maniacs which whether i should continue to be a maniac that's a whole nother story for another episode because i just renewed like two weeks ago or something like that. But um, Marathon Maniacs has a signature race series that uh, they just started for 2017. Um, they're continuing in 2018. And basically it's a it's a five race series and you get a you get an extra medal at each race, right? Yes. So you run Marathon A, you're going to get the typical medal that you get for finishing that race. You'll also get the, the Marathon Maniac medal mm-hmm. as part of the series. And then if you complete the five, then you'll get a sixth medal signifying the completion of the series and i think it all combines into all a ties them together. super transformer mega metal type of deal yeah and so um that's the series it's like i said they rolled this out in 20 early in 2017 and i was kind of oblivious to the fact that they did Me this too. so it just yeah. kind of caught my attention a couple weeks back and i do get the emails from them so it was probably in an email somewhere you get the same email i do i didn't it. see it but i wasn't um, like specifically oh you know i kind of scanned their emails so um, so I just thought it was interesting. It's kind of cool if you want to, if you know, if you're a maniac, you probably run a lot of marathons maybe anyways, but if you just want to chase races around the country and you're a maniac, it's, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was a good way to kind of force yourself into going into doing some races that you might not do otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I know for 2017, the races was Cowtown Marathon, Tacoma City Marathon, Mad Marathon, Fox Cities Marathon, and the Tucson Marathon. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if any of those would just like 
jump out at you on their own. Right. Um, I mean, Tacoma City is kind of a big maniac Marathon. race anyways. Yeah. So if you're a maniac, you might have already done that or have it on your schedule. But the rest are kind of, you know, I don't want to say not top tier races, but um, probably not on the top of your mind most right. of the time. Um, yeah, not not necessarily the top of the list. And then I actually thought the races scheduled for 2018 so far, because there's only two that I see on here, were pretty interesting. Tobacco Road Marathon, Fargo Marathon, um, both races that I'm somewhat familiar as like would be cool to do mm-hmm. someday. I know a lot of people go on and do Fargo um, and Tobacco Road. Heard good things too. So mm-hmm. kind of interesting. I don't, I'm not saying we're going to chase that for 2018. Yeah. Um, Got to see what the rest of the schedule um is when they come out. So but we are keeping an eye on it keeping now. An eye on now it. that we Just, know about it. Yeah. But I mean, that's something that might interest you. And I think supposedly there, there should be discounts rolling out for all those races if you're a maniac. Yeah. But no guarantee. I know, but... I know there is already for the Tobacco Road Marathon. And for those of you that are maniacs, you know how to how to find that when you log in. Yeah. Um, I, last time I had checked, there wasn't one listed for Fargo yet, but that was probably two weeks ago. So that could have changed by now. So. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, the funny thing is we're already in for two next year, right? Marathons. Napa. Yeah, Napa Valley Napa and uh, Flying Pig. Yeah. Yep. I don't necessarily want to add five more marathons yeah. and make seven for the year, but um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but it could still happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's possible. Yeah, I, I would say probably not probable, but um, but it's interesting. But it's possible. Either way. It's, po- it's always possible. Like I said, it's just, you know, oh, Tobacco Road Marathon. What am I doing? That Fargo Marathon. A lot of people do Fargo, you know. People say it's cool, you know. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that one? No. Okay. Um, let's move on. Let's talk, uh, one quick story from about Berlin Marathon, which is on the horizon. Yeah. Eloid Kipchoge, um, announced recently that he will be running the Berlin Marathon in September. Um, and he actually announced that he, it would be a world record attempt, um, for him. So he is the super fast marathoner that ran two hours and 25 minutes for, excuse me, Whoa. two hours and 25 seconds for the, um, the marathon, the Nike breaking too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he said he's gonna go for a, a record world record attempt. The official marathon world record currently is two o two fifty seven by Dennis Kimeto in Berlin mm-hmm. in two thousand fourteen. So. And and Berlin's a fast course, mm-hmm. and they have pacers yep. at Berlin, which helps them achieve really fast times. So yeah, um, the last six men's world records have actually been set there. So yeah. so yep. there's so a reason we'll for that. But yeah. Um, yeah, not surprised by that. Wouldn't be surprised if he broke the record too. So mm-hmm. um, I think it'll probably come down to just, you know, obviously, I mean, I guess it's a no brainer. It's going to come down to how he's feeling that day. Yeah. And maybe the weather. Right. Yep. Yeah. And his, his personal best is 20303, which is only six, sec- six seconds um, off of the current world record pace, mm-hmm. which in case you don't want to do the math, that's 441.5 pace per mile. Yeah, I could do that. That is crazy. I can do that for like half a mile. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say that. I'm gonna do that for half a mile. There's no, no way. problem. Yeah. I could kill that in a half mile. No problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, let's ridiculous. move on to another thing. Uh, let's talk about being a top performer. I guess. Yeah, I know. Um, I I found this article pretty interesting. I think it kind of threw you for a loop a little bit because it's not necessarily running related or, or sports related, but I think it has applications to uh to running and working out and I mean life in general, but this was a, an article um, by outside magazine. It's four things top performers do every day. So what do like some top performers have in common that makes them successful? And this is, like I said, not just like runners or sports, but also just, you know, like in life, you know, in life, in, business in, in, yeah, world. Exactly. Maybe. You know, personal life. Yeah. Business, everything like that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, 
It's only four, so hang in. Short list. We like lists. Yeah. (laughs) We haven't done a list in a long time. We haven't. Yeah. It was about time that we went back to it. So number one, they avoid decision decision fatigue. And this is not the first time I've heard this. I can't remember what book I was listening to one time when they talked about this. Um, Basically, small decisions that you make, I mean, every day, just like, what are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? Um, that sort of thing, even though they seem very simple and they're, they seem very insignificant on a day-to-day basis, um, they can wear you down. Um, there's a thought that you only have so much energy or mental, I don't know what you want to call it, you know, to be able to make only a certain amount of decisions. And so if you can try to avoid making the simple decisions, then it's kind of saves that, that energy for decision-making on bigger decisions or more important decisions. So for example, um, just to give some examples of some people, uh, President Barack Obama only wears gray or blue suits. Done. He doesn't have to like figure out, hmm. is he wearing black? Is he wearing brown? Is he wearing, okay. you, know, you know, like anything like that. Um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, we all know what his wardrobe is pretty well known for. What, gray hoodies? Exactly, yeah. Steve Jobs, he was pretty well known for wearing the same sort of thing mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just about what you wear, but um, what you eat. They find that top performers don't really put too much effort into what they're going to eat on a daily basis. A lot of them actually eat the same stuff like for breakfast every day, you know, or it's just slight variation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's not something that they have to think about. It's just like, Oh, I always have this oatmeal with this fruit and this, I mean, these nuts and whatever it is. And that's just what they have every day. And so they don't even have to waste energy um, physically or mentally on making those small decisions. They can save it for more important decisions and hopefully make better decisions. Okay. I'm very happy that I, I basically eat the same thing for breakfast Monday through Friday. So I guess I'm, I'm streamlining my decision process at least on one thing in my life because yeah, I do eat the same thing for breakfast Monday through Friday. I wish I could, yeah. I wish I could pull off wearing the same thing every day, but right. I don't think I can get away with that. So yeah, you have to buy a lot of just the same stuff. I'd be okay with that. But um, yeah, in my workplace, I don't know. Yeah. People would look at me weird. Yeah. I mean, so the, the way they, they describe it here is that um, we all have a limited reservoir of mental energy, which over the course of a day depletes as we use it. Um, and making many decisions leaves a person in a depleted state, impairing his or her performance on future activities. So, yeah, that one's that one's always interesting. Um, okay, number two, they take advantage of their chronotype. So, let's first, let's kind of go over what a chronotype was, because I had to look that up myself. Thank, thank so. you. And I wrote it down. So a person's chronotype is the propensity for the individual to sleep at a particular time during a 24-hour period. So kind of much more simplified. It's like, um, you know, what people refer to as, are you a night owl or, you know, um, you know, are you an early morning person, mm-hmm. you know, so that sort of thing. Um, so top performers aren't all the same. Like they're not all night owls or I guess the other term they use here are larks for the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not all night owls and all, all larks, but they all know what they are and use that to their advantage. So if you're a night owl, you do your best work towards the night, Mm -hmm. you know, so they don't do their most important work or performance, whether it's physical activity or whatever, you know, work, that sort of thing. They don't try to force themselves to do it earlier in the day when that's not their best time and vice versa. Uh, You know, the larks know that their, you know, own biological rhythms um, dictate that they do better and perform better. Um, earlier in the day and so they don't leave important tasks or activities at nighttime because that's not the best time for them that's not going to equal success right does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah what do you think you are do you know what you are an owl or a lark i I guess given those two options i i I would be a lark that's that's the morning person right yeah yeah i've become a morning person years ago i used to be 
a night owl and um i think i've been forced to uh reversing course on that just basically because of my work hours Mm -hmm. and so i'm kind of forced to get up early in the morning and i've just gotten so used to it over the years that um it's kind of funny sometimes i try to try to do the the my old things and you know stay up late and do stuff and I, i just can't do it anymore to be honest now what about like on i'm just curious like are you like because you said I kind of made myself change or forced myself to change, mm-hmm. but do you think you really changed or you're just doing like you're still an owl? Like maybe if like left to your own schedule, do you still think like just naturally you would do better work at night or in the morning? Just naturally. Honestly, I th- I think I have changed. Oh, okay. Like I I don't think I could go back to being anything close to a night owl. Yeah. Um, anymore. I mean, I don't know. I guess. I guess if I had to, I could force myself, but I'm, I'm super comfortable <laughs> in being, yourself. no, I'm super comfortable in being uh, a morning person. And so uh, thankfully, you know, getting back to running that, that helps a lot with running because mm-hmm. obviously all race, well, not all, but you know, 95% of races are in the morning. So yeah. it fits me um, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. very well where I think, you know, the one big negative is if you're a night owl and you're a runner, that's going to be tough come race day. Right. It's going to be a struggle. And I know a lot of you probably do struggle with with early race mornings. So, yeah. What about yourself? What are you? Lark. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> not I'm, even close? I'm not even close. Always yeah. have been. I would, I would like, I start to shut down at a particular time and I can feel it. And even if I want to, like, like in college, I I could never pull an all-nighter. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. Um, what I end up doing is actually going to bed, like, at a normal time for me. And if I had to get extra studying time, I'd actually wake up earlier, like, 3 a.m. Right. Instead of staying up until 3 a.m. So, yeah, hands down, Lark. That's a good example, actually. Yeah, there's just no no question about that. All right, number three, they choose their friends wisely. Uh, just like diseases easily spread through tight-knit groups, so too does motivation. Um, so when we see somebody else express, like, happiness or sadness, um, you know, our networks associated with those emotions become active in our own brains, and the same thing goes for pain. So um, one of the interesting... Um, uh, things that they actually mention here, just, you know, scientific research is that if, if one of your friends becomes obese, you are 57% more likely to become obese yourself. If one of your friends quits smoking cigarettes, the chances you'll smoke decreases by 36%. Those are some big numbers. Big numbers. The smoking yeah. makes sense because, I don't know, that just makes super sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the obese friend thing is just, I don't know, if you're an American, you're probably... Okay, but taking that factor out, I mean, it, to me, it kind of makes sense because then maybe it just becomes more normalized. True. You know, like if you're in a group where half the people are obese, that's more of a normal thing than if you're in a group that isn't obese and you see an obese person. Mm. I don't know. I'm just yeah, throwing that out there. Yeah, it's I more mean, of like a status quo. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to relate it back to running and thinking about like, oh, you're running friends. I, I wonder how many people... You know, most of my kind of long-term friends uh-huh. are not runners or not in the running world. So I got a, it's like a whole separate group of friends that are mm-hmm. like the runner group. I was going somewhere with that and I lost track. It Just seemed like you me. were really going somewhere. Yeah, though. I was. Yeah. But that is, that is actually kind of interesting though, because yeah, kind of have like a set of non-running friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's something else that connects you there, not the running. And then, yeah, there's like another set or group. Um, of friends or acquaintances that run and that's obviously like the connection there um i guess i would say if all my long-term i guess if all my friends were runners would i run more would i run better maybe i'd probably end up yeah i don't know only if they also ran more and better i mean you know like if they 
were runners, but they were really lacking motivation. Like, does that lack of motivation spread through the group? Oh, that's a good point, too. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. We're getting hmm. deep here. No, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> oh, if, if you know, my my long-term friends, my, my non-runner friends, if all my friends were runners, um, I would think I would end up running more just because like somehow going out to hang out with your friends would just turn into either a race or a training run or, yeah. you know, something like that. But maybe that's not the case. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe because there's always, there's already something else that connects you with those friends not, that's mm-hmm. not running. So then if you all shared that same interest in running, um, then would that connection just be even like tighter or stronger? Mm-hmm. So then, I don't know, you would like motivate each other more or I don't know. Interesting. Good yeah. for thought. If you have Good opinions, let us know. I think we're going yeah. on a tangent. There okay. Too, all right. Let's go back. But okay. Yeah. So that was, that was number three. They choose their friends wisely. Um, number four is they show up. So, um, you know, you can eliminate like, or decrease the decision fatigue. You can figure out your chronotype and, you know, use that to your advantage. Um, you can choose your friends wisely, but if you don't actually like put this stuff into effect, like if you, you know, if you just have all these plans, but you don't Mm -hmm. actually act on them, it's not going to do you any good, you know? So I have a lot of plans. (laughs) So now you just need to show up. (laughs) So, um, I like this, this quote here, the, the best performers are not consistently great, but they are great at being consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That's my issue too. Yeah. <laughs> Consistency. <laughs> I and mean, I guess, I guess relating that to running, cause that's what we mostly talk about here is maybe you're not consistently like, you know, an age group winner, mm-hmm. you know, but overall you like run consistently, put in your miles, run consistent three, four days per week. And maybe overall in the long run, um, you're going to be you, better. You, yeah. You're going to be better. You're going to be better. You're going to yeah. do better. Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. If you're talking about results like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. All right, you cool. Anything to add to that? Um, other than now, I seem to got to figure out my consistency issues. But yeah, no. <laughs> you have to show up, <laughs> and I got to go have a conversation with yeah. all my friends. <laughs> That's funny. Why don't you guys run more? Come on now. You know, yeah, I could be better if you would. I'm run gonna more. have to pick new friends. Yeah, exactly. I have to pick my friends more wisely. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I gotta get on Facebook yeah. and delete all my friends <laughs> real quick. I just thought it was an interesting article because it, it actually isn't specific at all to like sports or running. Mm. You know, but I think it's very applicable to that. Plus just your general life, I think, you know, and just making better decisions in life. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we'll put a link to the original article in the show notes. All right. um, Let's get to our mini race recap. Um, Won't spend too much time on it, but you did a pretty cool local local 5K. Yeah, it did. um, That had lots of stuff. Yeah, it did have lots of stuff. Yeah. I know that was that's actually the one note I have in the rundown is lots of goodies. (laughs) So. Because I, I do want, I did want to mention that. That's not like the highlight, but I did want to mention that. So it's called the the she she three sixty five five k, but it's actually she is s period h period e period, um, and that stands for secure health and empowerment. And it's a um, a women's five k, you know, local here. And the the secure health and empowerment is basically about empowering each other as women, um, you know, health promotion and making sure we feel secure and you know essentially safe. So I thought that was kind of a, a unique concept there were you gonna say something for okay um and it 5k distance only um Mm -hmm. no other distance yeah no other events no kids run or anything like that um i actually had been trying to sort of convince uh a friend that has is not a runner but um is walks a lot and she's been getting pretty fit in the last year or so and so i've been kind of trying to to nudge her into doing a 5k and i i finally got her 
And I, th- I think part of it was the the goodies, the swag that we got that was, that was included um, it, with the race. It does help, I think, in getting people who are not necessarily runners, who have never done a race. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's kind of helps when you're trying to talk somebody into a race that like, hey, you get X, Y, and Z. Right. You know? Yeah. So it helps. It It does help. Although I did caution her that... This is not what you get at a typical 5K. There's right. usually like some water and a banana after, and that's pretty much it. So I just want to make sure I, I let her know that in mm-hmm. case she continued to do that. So um, it actually, the course is at a uh, winery. Um, so kind of interesting. Um, and I had I didn't realize until the day of that I had actually done a half marathon starting and ending at the same winery before. It's been a few years. Um, Avenue of the Vines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just gonna say, like, you know, it's a cool place for a run, like winery. You know, I don't know. I don't, don't ask me why beer and running and wine and running goes together so much sometimes, <laughs> but it it does. Um, so it's a cool place, but yeah, the races are there, and it just seems like kind of going on a tangent. Like so many times, it's races share the same locations and courses so mm-hmm. often, just because we seem to have. I mean, I guess in Northern California, we have an abundance of races, so. Um, a lot of them end up being at the same location. Yeah, and it's a cool place to, mm-hmm. to have a race. So yeah. I'm not surprised that they actually have multiple events there. I just didn't even realize it at the time until I drove okay. up. I'm like, ah, I've been here before. <laughs> so, yeah, and you basically run, you know, on, on the road um, past, you know, vineyards. And, and um, so it's it's pretty cool. You park at the winery and then it's an out and back, out and back course, um, closed road. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Um, it was kind of warm. Uh, mm-hmm. Race start was, I think, was I can't remember if it was eight or eight thirty, but uh, eight thirty. But I was just glad that it wasn't any later because it was definitely a warm day. I think when we started the the race, it was in the mid mid seventies, which is is warm for a race. I'm glad it wasn't a longer distance race either. So um, they had plenty of parking because they have like this huge lot uh, at the winery there. So um, no issue with that. Um, I know I'm getting kind of specific, but haven't really done a race recap in a while. And this is only three miles, so it won't be that much. But okay. um, they didn't have as many porta potties as I thought they would have for a women's only race. race. Yeah. So, I mean, when I got there, we, you know, we got there kind of early because, we, as we talked before, um, we're, we're early birds. We tend to get there and earlier. And you're a lark. Yeah, I'm a lark. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, drove my friend out. Um, we went there together. Uh, our plan was to um, do the race together. And I told her to set the pace, whatever she felt comfortable with. Go ahead. Uh, we we always up, do this so. when we're getting somebody to like do their first race. Like, hey, we'll come pick you up. Right. You know, I'll drive. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry it. about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to get people to do it. So I did give her the option because I didn't know if she wanted to um, do the race by herself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and we just kind of split up and do our own thing or if she wanted to do it together. But she definitely wanted to get, do it together, which I had no problem with. And um, I, I think you did the right thing by asking. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's always the thing with, you know, you can do a race with friends. You yeah. Run together, not run together. Just talk about it beforehand. Everybody right. will be Come to an agreement, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and plus, I think initially she was a little bit unsure because she was worried that she'd be holding me back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, don't even like worry about that. I'm like, we're going to do this together if you want to do it together. And you just, you know, you set the pace, you do whatever, you know, you feel comfortable and I'll, I'll go along with that. So, um, yeah, uh, bib pickup was just day of, um, all you pick up before the race is your bib itself. It was chip timed, um, which is great because I don't think I've done a race by this timing company in a while. And in the past they were not chip timed, Mm -hmm. even though I think past the time when chip timing was like, kind of like the status quo, they still were not chip timing. So I was really happy to see that. Uh, 
because it really mattered, right? Because you were going for a time. No, <laughs> but know. but it was it was just kind of nice to see that, you know, knowing now that maybe for their future races, if they're doing if they're the timing company, then I know that it's chip time. Whereas before, yeah. like we knew that it wasn't. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just you know, headed out with a bunch of women. Um, we ended up kind of like middle of the pack to start with, like in the in the starting corral. Um, I didn't really know where to where to start. You know, definitely didn't need to be up in the front, but I wasn't sure like how far back to go. I did get the sense that a lot of people were going to be run walking or walking, you know, the majority of the race. So I think we ended up kind of lining up at a, at a good spot and she actually started running right from the get go. So I wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, okay. So I just kind of went with her and did that thing that I usually do when I run someone, if, if I'm running to their paces, I'll just like run, run next to them, but just like a, just a smidge right behind them, like just tiny mm-hmm. bit so that they don't feel like I'm trying to pull ahead and like forcing gotcha. them to go mm-hmm. ahead of, you know, trying to make them go faster. So we actually, uh, were running until I think like three quarters of a mile. Um, and then, and then we started walking and she's like, that's like the furthest I've run ever, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I mean, that was like, right. you know, I was so excited for her. So, um, so we just kind of kept run walking and it was essentially when she felt ready to run again, we went, you know, she's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then she's like, okay, I need a break. I'm like, okay, no problem. Um, so we kept doing that, um, and it worked out really well. She ended up running probably half the race when we both thought that we would probably walk zero part of the, I mean, run zero part of the race. We mm-hmm. thought we'd probably end up walking the entire thing. So, um, I was super proud and she was super proud and stoked. Um, there was one aid station just at the turnaround, which is really all you needed, you yeah, know, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. There was one gentleman who was manning the aid station, like a madman. Yes. Whoa. And he was like, oh my God, I don't know how he was keeping up, but somehow he had cups on the table not tons but he was like just ahead of everybody like taking cups from the table i'm like oh my god like, I mean, it wasn't so a big I, race but that's crazy yeah so i made sure i thanked him and everything and i was just like oh my god like it's i don't like, know how alone, but busy. he was like he was moving like he had like like six hands or arms or something and i'm like i don't even know how he's putting water in these cups and keeping the cups on the table but that was pretty awesome um yeah so with the out and back course i kind of hadn't thought about it either but like for her uh, first 5k it was nice that she already knew like where we had to get to because mm. that's where we started okay. and there was like this one building that you can see uh as you're getting closer so we knew like okay we're really close now to the finish because the building is right there it's getting super close and we just have to make a right turn and you know head to the finish line so um yeah ran through the finish line essentially together i think she like finished a little bit before me so she beat you yep she beat me and i took some video we were going through the finish line, so that was cool. And then had another friend, the one that let us know about the um, Superhero 5K, mm-hmm. who was there with us. And she had finished ahead of us, so she actually was able to get, like, a picture of us coming through the finish. So that was cool um, for her to have a, a finish line photo, too. You know, her first one. So um, as soon as we were done, we got our medals, mm-hmm. which are, like, flat. I don't know how to describe it. It's a flat medal? I guess I would call it, it's almost like a tin yeah. Metal. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's a good the usual size. thickness. Yeah, yeah. It's the the face of it's more like a uh, it's more like color imprinted, like right on the face of it. Uh, I don't know if that's a good description. Yeah, either. we Doesn't, do have a picture of it. Yeah, it's on our Instagram. On Instagram for sure. and on Pinterest, but um, yeah, it's a, like I just call it flat metal, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So we got that like right off the bat. Um. And then they had like on the the lawn, I guess of the of the vineyard, they kind of had everything set up. So next thing was mimosas. They had mimosas. Oh, when you got your bib, if you were over twenty one, you got an, uh, a wristband. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was like, what's the wristband for? <laughs> they're like, oh, for mimosas after. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so they, they had mimosas and you kind of had a, um, um, a plastic, what do you call it? Not a cup, glass, but it's not glass, it's plastic. Okay. Um, with your mimosa that you got to, to keep afterwards. So it has like the, the name of the, the winery on there too. Um, so they had that. And then you basically, there was like a line and the three of us were like, well, we're not really sure what this line's for, but we know we need to be in it. You That's know? right. So, yeah. So you always, you know, when you're at post-race, you get in the line first yeah. and then you figure out what the line is exactly. for. <laughs> and that's what everybody was the doing. The longer the line, the better. The more important it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got Usually in line. Usually it's the food line, but. Yeah. So we got in line um, and it seemed a, a little long at the time, not huge mm-hmm. a little long but by the time like we were done through that line like oh my god it was like twice or like triple the, the size they're so like oh thank goodness we got in the line That's before we even line. knew what it was for so um they did have a bunch of canopies you know um for shade because of uh, so wait what was the line for well hold on oh. because of the uh <laughs> like, you just skipped yeah. over what the line <laughs> no, no, was no, for. i was gonna tell you because uh, it, it was it was you know pretty warm so it was nice to the entire time that we were in the line or most of the time we were actually under the canopy. So it's kind of nice. Like you're not waiting like under the direct sun. Mm-hmm. So the way they had set it up is this line. Um, you go through, they kind of had like a, a, a backdrop for a picture. So okay. you pass through that first, but you're, you know, you're in the line and you're kind of moving slowly. So you have time to take, like, take your picture, get back into line. And then the next person can take their picture, get back into line. Um, so it was that. And the next thing was race shirts. So they had those there. This is all like one line. Like you right. basically just pass post all this race. stuff. So that's yeah, kind of unusual getting yeah. Shirt. So you get your shirt. Um, it was good looking shirt, not tech, uh, which is Welcome, a nice change. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked the fit and everything, and it was a like a light blue color, um, which we all kind of thought was surprising in a good way that it wasn't like pink or purple because it's a women's race. So I think everybody was kind of like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice because mm-hmm. you don't. It's pretty rare that you get like a blue colored shirt for for women. It's you true. know, and like especially races a, and things yeah. like that. And especially at a women's specific mm-hmm. race. So got that. And then the line continued and it was basically um, lunch. They had lunch. It was catered. So there was like sandwiches and um, they had a bunch of fruit from uh, edible arrangements, not chocolate dipped or anything for anybody who's familiar with edible arrangements, but they had a lot of like chilled fruit. They had fruit cups. Um, they had a bunch of Ghirardelli chocolate. And then at the end of it, they had buntinis from Nothing But Nothing Bunt Cake, which... I love buntinis. are basically tiny little bunt cakes, like single serving bunt cakes. Okay. And they had like, uh, I think three or four different flavors to choose from. So that was awesome. So that's what that whole line was for. Like all of that. So, I mean, it's, so it, you it's needed a, to get in that line. It's pretty efficient, you know, for a race just to do it all in one line. Cause sometimes you end up going to four different places and. Well, yeah, it's nice to just, yeah, it's nice to like not have to be at a long line. If, if somebody wanted to picture the backdrop and like, okay, now I gotta get my shirt. Yeah. Although oh, granted, now I gotta get my food. But. Had, had you been in line for an hour and it just took forever, then I'd be sitting here saying, you know, they really should break it up and True. have separate lines. That True. way you don't waste time waiting for something you don't. Right. Say, okay, now, now I'm going back to the, yeah. Like, See, the, yeah lines. The only thing that I'm kind of curious about is if somebody like, um, just wants their shirt. Yeah. I mean, I think they could have just gone over there, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So after that, we're kind of looking for a shaded grassy area to kind of sit and eat our lunch. Um, and we saw a short line at another booth. <laughs> and you said, let's get in that and we're line. Like, we got to get in that line. So that was for the um, a jeweler that is one of the, the main race, or I think the title sponsor actually for the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually give out a, a commemorative um, necklace for the race. That everybody gets. That everybody gets. Okay. Yep. Everybody gets that. So yeah, another important line. And... um. We had heard them asking, 
because this is the fifth year that did that they did the race, but the second year that they were doing the necklaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so we heard that the, the jeweler actually ask um, people ahead of us if this was their first year doing the race with the necklace or if they had done it last year. And we're like, huh, I wonder what the difference is. You know, like, I wonder, like, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, so we get up there and it was all our first time doing the race. Um, we hadn't done it last year. So we got our little bag with the necklace and everything. And then, um, heard somebody ask like, well, what's, what's the difference? You know, why are you asking? He's like, oh, he's like, because we're doing different necklaces for second year people. Cause the people who are running this for the first time, you know, get the necklace that the people got last year for the first time. Cause it's not like, a, mm-hmm. it's not a date or anything. So it's kind of nice to have the variety and right. not get the same exact necklace every time. Although that seems a little confusing to kind of keep track of. So, well, my, yeah. I mean, my guess is they probably just had stock left over from last year. Yeah. Because, yeah, you couldn't keep that going forward. Right. Because how are you going to get, I mean, okay, two years, that's pretty easy. You know, is this, did you do it last four. year or no? That's it. But then once you get to three or four, and it's like, oh, I did it two years ago, but I didn't do it, you know? So I think at some point, maybe next year, you're just mm-hmm. going to have to give everybody a completely different necklace. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then found a shade spot, had some lunch, hung out, and headed home. Cool. That was yeah, my, so for a my 5K, mini, not so many yeah. race recap. Uh, we're, that's what we're going to call it for now. Yeah. Not so many race recap. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons I mentioned it was you just kind of got a lot of stuff for basically your 5K fee Yeah. to get, you know, a medal, which is, you know, not some super grand medal, but it's a 5K. Heck, in the old days, we didn't even get medals for 5Ks. Yep. Um, but to get that, to get the little necklace or charm or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and then a shirt and, and some pretty good food and some drinks and yeah, not bad for a 5K. Can't yeah, complain not bad at all. At all. All right. So million dollar question. Uh-huh. Your friend that just did her first 5K. Yeah. Is she going to do another race? She or? says she is. Okay. So it's funny because the three of us were were sitting and eating our lunch and our bentinis and everything afterwards. And the friend who told us about the superhero mm-hmm. was telling her about this hero, superhero 5K and trying to get her to do it. And she seemed pretty excited. Um, but I guess when she got home and looked at dates, like, is it wasn't yeah, going to work out. But um, yeah, she's she's looking forward to doing another one. I think oh. she had she had a good time. Um, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was hard, you know, she's never done a 5k before. Um, and she ran like half of it. So it was definitely hard, but she got it done. And she said she really enjoyed just the whole atmosphere of it. Like everybody was just having a good time. Everybody was like positive and encouraging and it was just, you know, really good environment. So I'm really glad she got to experience that for her first race. That's awesome. That's kind of like the experience that we want people to have. Exactly. And you know, their first time out, Mm -hmm. you know, we want, you know, them to appreciate the environment and have fun and, you know. And want to do it again and again and again and yep, again and again. Exactly. And longer distance, longer distance. No. Yeah. So, all right. Very cool. Um, I guess that's going to do it. We're going to wrap it up right there and get out of here. Like we said, we'll be in Tahoe uh, in the next in a couple of days yep. tackling that monster. Uh, look online for pictures. And um, I think we'll, we'll probably for sure do a not so mini race recap at the very least on that one um, afterwards. So anything else before we get out of here? Uh, nothing I can think of. That's right, it. That's it. The website for the podcast is EmbraceRunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash EmbraceRunning. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at EmbraceRunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, Embrace Running.